What a time we had last Sunday. Pastor Isaiah was on fire. And then we gathered back here Sunday night. Had a huge crowd. We came and just sought the Lord and had, had some powerful things happen, some miracles take place. And I just want to say thank you for your hunger, your hunger for God. And you know, this, this is the, the second week of our fast, and, and many of us have hit a wall already. Oh, you haven't. Or you're not fasting, either one. Because usually in the middle of a 21-day fast, things begin to pop up. And I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but stuff starts to happen. And you, you begin to realize you're in warfare. You're in a battle. Let me just encourage you to press on, to keep going for what God has for you, to keep creating that hunger in your spirit and let your physical hunger subside. Uh, uh, Chris and I have had quite the week. It's, but on Wednesday, the doctor said to her again at her four-month appointment, there's absolutely no trace of cancer in your body. Yeah. And then the eye doctor said, you have cataracts. <laughs> and you know, life is like that, isn't it? And you, you, you know, I, I used to think that, that life was either up or down. But you got both going on the same train track most of the time. And we just deal with things as they come. We're believing God for a miracle in our eyes. And... Uh, Praising God that, that he is more than able. But the enemy is kicking hard. He, he always does. And we, we can recognize that and push through. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this at all in your fasting, but uh, one thing I notice every time I fast is that fasting heightens my senses. I walked into Giant the other day, and it's like, chicken! <laughs> what? I mean, it's like you, you, you stepping inside the door and the chicken's in the back, right? And you're thinking, wow. But your, your senses get heightened. And, and what, what God is doing is he's getting the gunk out of our life. He's cleaning us out so that we can hear his voice clear. We can sense his moving, his leading, his direction. We can become, you know, many times in our life, we, we can become so sluggish in our spirits, that we get weighed down and distracted by the things of this world. And we get desensitized, okay? Some of you will turn the television back on next week, because some of you are fasting television. You'll turn it back on and you'll go, ooh. Your favorite show will come on and you'll be like, I've been watching that. That's what I'm filling my spirit with. And, and you'll recognize because you fasted from it. I remember the, the, uh, the years, well, it's probably been five years ago now. I, I fasted for, I think it was seven days, came off my fast and ordered a Coke. <laughs> 
And the first sip, I'm like, ooh, what is that? And I, I said to the guy, I th think there's something wrong with this. And he brought me another one. He's like, no, nothing wrong. This is good. It's all like, why am I drinking this? Why am I putting that in my body? And I, I just stopped. Now, Christy's been tempting me lately. <laughs> but seriously, you know, I go to the doctor and he says, caffeine, no. Really? He looks at me, no caffeine? I'm like, I just don't do it. He said, no alcohol? No, don't do it. And he kind of looks at me like I'm a, a weirdo, you know. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of, a lot of things that you're going to notice. You, you become desensitized, and God is, is renewing you. He's renewing your, your spirit. He's, he's heightening your senses so that when you step back into some things, you're going to recognize that this is not where you belong. This is not what you need to be doing. This is not part of your lifestyle any longer because God is cleaning you out. He's cleaning the gunk out. Amen. He's cleaning us out for what is to come. Making us sensitive to his spirit so we can be prepared to move quickly when he speaks. We can hear, hear quickly his voice and obey him when he leads us. Amen. Amen. Reaching and changing. It's our, it's our monthly... This is our vision for 2018, and I believe... God is doing something in us. He's stirring us to become reachers and changers. He's stirring us to, to step outside of our comfort zone. He's stirring us to, to move into things we've not moved into before. We're reaching lives away from Christ to be changed by his power and love. We can't change anybody, Amen. but he can. And he is more than able and he's willing if we'll just allow him to use us. 2018, this is our focus. This is our, our vision. We're unified. We're speaking the same language. And as I was thinking about that, and, and all year long we're going to be speaking this language because when we're unified and speak the same language, incredible things can happen. And I was reading in Genesis chapter 11 as I'm going through the one-year Bible again. Genesis 11, one, at one time all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. There's power in that. And as the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone. Tar was used for mortar. And then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united. Somebody say united. united. The people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You see, when you're united, nothing is impossible. And he said, come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. 
And in that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. Unity is powerful and nothing we set out to do will be impossible when we're unified, when we're speaking the same language. In fact, Psalm says that God commands his blessing where brethren dwell together in unity. There's a blessing from God that comes when we're unified. And, and that's why the enemy works so hard to bring disunity in you, your family, your marriage. And you need to recognize what it is. The enemy's working hard to bring disunity on your job place. He's working hard to bring disunity in the church. Because when we are in agreement and we all speak the same language, it's powerful. And nothing is impossible when we unite together. And if you want to kick the devil, start getting unified. Kick disunity out of your, your family, out of your house. Stovall Weems says he talks about agreement, alignment, and assignment. When we come into agreement with God and we are in alignment with his will and purpose, then we can walk in and fulfill his assignment for our lives. Agreement, or another word, unity, is powerful and sets us up for success in the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you have an assignment. You have an assignment. You're a one-of-a-kind miracle. Nobody can take your place. You are unique. You have your DNA. Nobody else has it. God created you uniquely for such a time as this. He has a purpose for your life. He has an assignment for you. Nobody can do what you can do. So get in agreement with God and align yourself with his purpose and you will fulfill the assignment he's given you. You'll make a difference because you've discovered your purpose. And if we aren't tuned into God's voice, we only hear the voice of the crowd around us. It's like static. Everybody turn, ever, you ever turn the radio on and you get static and it's like, ah, I've got to tune in, get, get to the right frequency. And you've got to tune into God's voice so you can hear him clearly. Because so many times we get bogged down by the pressures of life and we miss our assignment. In Luke chapter 17, verse 26, Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building. And is there anything wrong with any of that? Absolutely not. It's just normal life. Until the morning Lot left Sodom, and then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual. 
right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Can I just encourage us not to get caught up in business as usual? I think that's one thing God is doing in this fast. He's, he's waking our senses back up to say, let's don't get bogged down in business as usual. Let's recognize we're here for such a time as this. We're here to declare the kingdom of God. We're here to bring his presence in every situation we walk into. We are here for a purpose. We have an assignment. And if we'll get aligned with him and get in agreement with him, it'll change everything. And this is the first month of the year. We're bringing our first fruits physically. We also bring our first fruits financially. And let me just say, some of us need to get our finances in alignment with God's word and agree with him. Many of you are in financial trouble because you're not agreeing with God. You're walking in disagreement with God. And he wants to bless you. He wants to place blessings in your hand, but you're taking it out of his hand and you're controlling it all. I mean, and I didn't really plan on, on talking about this, but let me just go here for a second because some of us have removed ourselves from the blessing. And we have nobody to blame but ourselves because we know what God's word says. I'm talking to people in this room today. I'm talking to family who have heard the truth of God's word, most of us. And yet, when we disobey what he tells us to do with our finances, we remove ourselves from his blessing and favor. You don't want to live there, I'm telling you. You want to step into what God has for you. He says in Deuteronomy 28, you will experience all these blessings if, somebody say if, if. And, and there's the deal right there. And we don't want to do the if, we just want the first part. I want to experience all the blessings. But if you obey the Lord your God, if you walk in favor with him, if you do what he asks you to do, for some of us, we're just, we're kicking hard, man. And we're thinking, why, why, why? We're so mad at God. And we get upset at everybody else. We're always searching, trying to find something that's going to bring us something else because the trough is empty. We're wondering why. And God says, just obey me. Just do what I ask you to do. Christy and I, every year, we, we take a good look at, at our finances and say, Lord, what do, you, what do you want from us this year? And uh, he just keeps raising our, <laughs> our generosity level. And it's good. It's a good place to be, and we've seen his hand of blessing pour out in, in ways I can't even imagine. And he says in Deuteronomy, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go... And whatever you do, you will be 
bless. Hallelujah. So if, if you got your giving records this week, and I know we had some issues, but uh, hopefully those are getting worked out. Right, Penny? They are getting worked out, aren't they? Yeah, it's not our fault. Let, let me just tell you that. The uh, company that we use to record some things has had some issues, and they, they sent out a correction thing this week, and hopefully that will all get shifted, okay? So uh, be patient and, and do whatever Penny tells you to do. Amen. You will be blessed. But if, if you got your re giving recording this, this uh, week and, and you look at it and you go, didn't quite do what I thought I was going to do, then it's, it's time to change. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. Um, actually, Christy and I got ours this week and, and we were pleasantly surprised to see that we had given way more than we thought we had. Love that. Mark chapter 5 today. I think I'll start preaching now, okay? Mark chapter 5, verse 1. How are we doing? Everybody okay? Now you don't want to miss Saturday night. 4 to 5, we're going to celebrate here together, and then we're going to go eat at the Liberty Marketplace at Liberty, the market. Just, it's <laughs> something like that. It's right here in Kennett. It's, it's got some good food at it. All right. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. So they arrived at the other side of the lake, Jesus and his disciples, okay? They, they were in a boat. They got arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Let me just say, when Jesus shows up, everybody comes out of the woodwork. And, and our prayer is that, that Jesus Christ would be glorified in such a way in this place that that. Every person is drawn to meet him. And this man lived in the burial caves, the graveyard, could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. And when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, 
Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. And then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. Because he's king of kings and lord of lords. And they can't do what they want to do without his permission. And the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Now, just picture this for a moment. Howling, cutting himself, breaking chains, screaming throughout the, the countryside, nobody's afraid. But as soon as he's delivered, set free, sitting in his right mind, clothed, perfectly sane, everybody's like, what's going on here? It's like they'd become so comfortable with the wrongness, they had become desensitized to what was right. And they were all afraid. And... Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking if this guy is clothed in his right mind, he's got clothes on finally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's in his right mind, he's, he's sane, and he's sitting there. Shouldn't something click inside of you and go, oh, this is what should be like? Instead, they looked at Jesus, they were afraid, and they said, get out of here, leave us alone. And Jesus said, no, I'm not leaving. No, as Jesus was getting into the boat on his way out, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Amen. But Jesus said, no, no. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. 
So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region, and he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Let me just tell you today, external remedies can never change you. People had tried to shackle and chain this man. They had tried to, to help him in ways that had no help whatsoever. Because you can't change the internal from the external. You can't change the outside. And this, this is the deal with a lot of Christians. We think, well, if they were a Christian, they, need, they come to this church, they need to be that. <laughs> Look at what they're wearing. Just like the guy on TV, you know, okay, Really? But don't you know that when God changes you on the inside, it manifests on the outside. When he speaks life into you, when he sets you free, it's not just an outward thing, but it always starts inside and works its way out, and the outside does change because he's doing something inside of you. God's working on the inside, and, and yet sometimes we don't see it, all we can see is the outside. But if I'm looking at the outside, and, and Jesus, you know, he, he only works inside. And then we do the outside stuff because it's choices. After the inside is taken care of, we make choices. But only Jesus can bring lasting change. This man, he was miserable to be around he was miserable all by himself. He had no rest, no sleep. He wandered about. He, he was screaming, howling, cutting himself. He was self-harming. That's nothing new. You know, you, you hear, oh, it's such an outbreak. I was go it's been going on for years. I mean, go back to the Old Testament when, when uh, Elijah was with the prophets of Baal, and what did they do? They were cutting themselves, trying to get something to happen trying to get something to happen. And, and nothing new. The enemy's always trying to destroy, okay? And then if, if we could recognize that the, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy us. I mean, just like the pigs, what was their eventual outcome? Where'd they go? They went in the lake and drowned. And, and that's exactly what the enemy wants for you, Okay? He wants to take everything from you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to ruin your life. And, and everybody's like, well, what about the pigs? Jesus didn't die for pigs. I mean, I love bacon just like you do. <laughs> I haven't had any for a few weeks. But, <laughs> but Jesus didn't die for pigs. He died for humans. Amen. You and me and every living, breathing person on the planet. And that's why we, as the church of the living God, the family of God, that's why we're called to reach and to change. Look at your neighbor and tell him, it's time to reach and change. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That is why we're here. One man was more valuable than 2,000 pigs. Hallelujah. This man was sitting, instead of being restless, he was clothed instead of being naked. He was in his right mind, perfectly sane, sober, 
instead of being tormented and raging. And let me just tell you, you can be set free too. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know this. Jesus Christ has the power, the same power today that he had back then to set you completely free, and to set you on a right path, put you in your right mind. Come on now. And if you need that today, I, I'm believing God that by the end of this service today, you're going to be set free. But I also want to notice something with you today and, and point this out again. Jesus doesn't stick around where he's not invited. And when you push him away long enough, he leaves. He's, he's, he's not going to force himself on you. He's a filler, not a forcer. He will fill you. And th this is what also is happening in our fast. We're being emptied and, and we're asking God to fill us. But he's not going to force himself into your space. Now, my wife does that. She's a space invader. <laughs> well, I know. The space invaders used to be a, a Atari game. Y'all remember Atari? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow. Space invaders. Yeah, but Christy's like that. She'll invade your space. God really used her Friday night. Um, Thursday night into all day Friday, she was sick as a dog. And she had a speaking engagement Friday night. Church had, was in a mess, and they invited her to come and speak to their ladies. And we were just talking about this. We had prayed and asked God to touch her. But she was sick until the time we pulled into that parking lot. And she said, I, I, I don't think I can do this. And as we walked and stepped across the threshold of that church, her headache went away. Her, her sickness was gone. I mean, just immediately. And God used her powerfully uh, Friday night. I, I sat in amazement and, uh, yeah, blessed. But Jesus doesn't stick around where he's not invited. And if you don't want him, he won't stay. And they said, go away, leave us alone. And he did. And some of you this morning, God has given you an opportunity to come to him and to receive freedom. But it's your choice. And if you say to him, go away, leave me alone, he will. And then you're on your own. And you don't want to be there. Because God has freedom for you. And, and the last thing I want to mention in, the, in this chapter is uh, what Jesus said to the man. He said, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord's done for you, how merciful he's been. Be a window. Look at your neighbor and tell them, be a window. Be a window. Tell everyone what the Lord has done for you. Listen, the enemy wants you to be ashamed of your story and cover up so nobody knows. 
And God wants you to be thrilled about your story so you can bring freedom to somebody else who's in the same mess you were in. And you received a miracle from God. You walked into his freedom, into his marvelous light. You had his, his miracle power setting you free. And now it's your turn to tell everybody what God has done for you. Be a window. Give someone else the hope for freedom that Jesus has given you. Stovall Weems says, anyone who knows me well knows that I'm passionate about hunting and fishing. And here's what he says. It's easy to talk about what you're passionate about, right? I love talking with other hunters and fishermen about hunting and fishing. God created us to be passionate about what we love. Therefore, we should always be passionate for him. He goes on to say, when I went to a football game as a boy, no one had to teach me how to cheer for the LSU Tigers by saying, Stovall, let me instruct you here. It's okay to clap if the team makes a good play. And you can shout and get excited. This, this may really surprise you, but you can actually raise your hands if your team scores a touchdown. So nobody had to teach me that. There's one undeniable truth about true fans. They are passionate. Tune in tonight at 640. You'll see a bunch of wackos. Some of you might even be there. Come on. Go Eagles! You can spell. I'm so glad. I'm excited for you. Did, okay, never mind. Uh, seriously, did anybody watch last night the fight song special that I think it was Channel 10 did? Oh, Jesus help us. He said, there's one undeniable truth about true fans. They are passionate. Just watch any professional or college football game, any World Cup soccer match. As the cameras pound the crowd, you will see passion. Fans have pom-poms. They're wearing team colors. They're screaming. They may even be singing. They're just straight up into it. You know what it's like in the stadium? It's loud. The place rocks with passion because real fans are passionate about their team. Whatever you're passionate about, you will be emotional about. Can I just encourage us to get passionate about Jesus Christ? On the wall out here, there's a sign and it says, we do loud really well. And nobody has to tell you if you're excited about Jesus, hey, it's okay to raise your hands. It's okay to raise your voice. It's okay to jump up and down. It's okay. And if we have to say that, I want to take your temperature. Your spiritual temperature. Say, well, come on, dude. Are you sick? Let's go. Be a window. Be a window. You might say, hey, I, I don't have much to offer. I can't sing like Law or Allie or Landon. Can't play like Stan, Matt, 
Jeff. I'm not outgoing like SB. I don't have Debbie Grandizio's personality and charm. Can't speak like Pastor Zay. I mean, what can I do, right? I don't have much to offer. Or you might say, hey, I'm really scared. I'm afraid. I'm scared to step out. I'm scared to speak out. I'm, I'm scared to step into my assignment. I'm full of fear. Let me remind you of what Louis Giglio says. Fear is really faith in the enemy. And some of us are living in fear, and so we're paralyzed. We're not doing what God has asked us to do because we're full of fear, and we feel inadequate. Now, it's time to stop talking and take a step toward the thing that scares you the most. It's time to look fear in the eye and bring faith to the equation. Agreement, alignment, assignment. We gotta know God, find freedom, discover our purpose so we can make a difference. And when you step into your assignment, you bring freedom for yourself and freedom for somebody else. And it's no longer business as usual. It's reaching and changing. Mark chapter 8. Let me just finish this real quick. About this time, another large crowd had gathered. The people ran out of food again. And Jesus called his disciples, told them, I feel sorry for these people. God always cares. They've been here with me for three days. They have nothing left to eat. And if I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. For some of them have come a long distance. And his disciples replied, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Seriously, Lord, you know where we're at. You know our situation. How are we supposed to do this? And Jesus asked a simple question. How much bread do you have? How much you got? Because he knew they had something. And some of us are living in such fear, we're holding on to the little bit that we've got. And God says, there's enough in your hand to feed a multitude if you'll just give it to me. And so Jesus, they said, we got seven loaves. That's it. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves. He thanked God for them. He broke them into pieces. He gave them back to the disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. And a few small fish were found too. Because when you give Jesus everything you got, you recognize, I got a few more things I could give. So Jesus also blessed these. And he told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. And there were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day. And Jesus sent them home after they'd eaten. God always multiplies what you give him, what you place in his hand. 
when it's in your hand, that's all there is. When I got seven loaves in my hand, that's all I got. But when I place it in his hand, it multiplies. There's more that happens because I give it back to him and he takes what I have, he blesses it, he breaks it, he multiplies it, he gives it back to me so I can reach and change somebody else, so I can feed somebody with what God has for me. Stand up with me, please. What do you have? How much do you have? That's all he wants. So I don't have enough. You'll never have enough until you place it in his hands. And then when you place it in his hands, there'll be a miracle of feeding 4,000 men plus women and children, probably close to 10,000 people there that day. They all ate and they had leftovers. Come on. Because when you give him what you got, breaks it, he blesses it, he multiplies it, and he gives it back to you so you can feed somebody else. Bow your heads with me, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. You set the demoniac free. You set that man free, and you told him, go and tell. Go to your family. Tell everybody you meet everything the Lord has done for you. And Lord, you're here to set people free today. Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, you conquer fear. You silence fear. You, you, you say, shh, quiet. Be quiet. Be still.